So what would you do if Ivanka Trump called you up and said she wanted to feature you, like in one of her speeches? That's not what happened to Angela Dimiuga, but it's close. So I got a direct message, and I was actually in my kitchen at Mission Chinese Food. Angela's head chef. It was the dinner rush hour. The message was from a writer who said she'd been following Angela for a long time. She was really impressed by Angela's pioneering work in the culinary field. She wanted to do a profile that showed Angela as a confident chef and businesswoman. She added the profile would be for a non-political platform of empowerment for modern women, also known as IvancaTrump.com. And I couldn't really react because we were in the middle of a really busy service. But I just couldn't believe it. That was a Friday. Angela thought about it while she worked that weekend. On Monday, she wrote a response. It took me about like an hour to write and rewrite, and I really wanted it to be concise and thorough and direct. She was summarizing her identity in a few words for the first time. I never really had an opportunity, I thought, where I absolutely had to do it this way. I asked her to read part of it. Okay. As a queer person of color and daughter of immigrant parents, I am not interested in being profiled as an aspirational figure for those that support a brand and president that slyly disparages female empowerment. Sharing my story with a brand and family that silences our same voices is futile. Angela posted the exchange on Facebook, and it went viral. Places like Elle Magazine, The Daily Mail, Mashable, Bustle, they all did stories about it. Their focus was on the rejection of Ivanka Trump. This, like, clickbait thing happened, just like this tagline of, like, you know, queer chef from Mission Chinese said this to Ivanka Trump. For Angela, it was a lot more than that. I'm Rupa Shinoy, and this is Otherhood. Angela's pretty near the level of celebrity chef. She hangs out with people like Anthony Bourdain. Food magazines call her a rising star. Last year, she was a nominee for the James Beard Award, and she's only 31. Angela talks about cooking like it's an intellectual search for treasure. And I knew that I wanted to do some sort of variation of clams and black bean sauce with maybe a, like a blood I, I love the flavors from a blood sausage that's But then knowing really that British, like pairing a blood sausage, fermented black bean and clams would be a little bit more difficult out of pork blood and, and Iberico ham fat, pork's blood. And so that's like my secret, one of my like secret Filipino dishes because you know, like with certain people uh, I can I explain like, oh yeah, this is like Dinaguan, the Filipino pork blood stew. And they're just like, I totally get it. But you know, in, oh, sorry, did you have a question? She had always had that passion for food. But the celebrity, that started about three years ago, when Danny Bowen asked her to be his executive chef at the new Mission Chinese Food restaurant in New York. Angela was set free creatively, and she was rethinking old ideas, like the fusion concept that some might say went out of style in the 90s. Right before we opened this restaurant, I was like, you know, I'm okay with it being fusion because a lot of what we know about food now is coming from a really intellectually curious place about food. I start to be okay with telling cab drivers, like if they pick me up for Mission Chinese, like, hey, uh, what kind of restaurant is that? They're like, oh, it's Chinese food, so you're a Chinese chef. I'm like, no, it's actually fusion. And they're like, oh, okay, I get it. So Angela and Danny use lots of traditional elements, like miso and koji. 
but they don't necessarily use them in traditional ways. Since we are just making things up as we go, we can't always claim that authenticity and we really try not to in certain cases. And so that's, that's where I feel like we can play a little bit more. So now I realize that, and this is as of really recently, maybe in the last eight months that, you know, I think that Mission Chinese is a new American restaurant because the places in which we draw inspiration is limitless. Angela's new American herself. Her parents are originally from the Philippines. They settled in San Jose. Angela's mom worked for IBM and Intel. Her dad had his own restaurant until it closed, and then he worked for the McDonald's Corporation. That's how they afforded for all of my siblings to go through school. Private schools, from kindergarten to the 12th grade, for six kids. When Angela was 12, her dad had a brain aneurysm. Her mom kept working and became his caretaker. I thought about that later, when she told me how they met. My dad was working for the Filipino embassy in Holland, and my mom was traveling around the world as a Filipino folk dancer. And my mom was dancing at one of her performances in Holland, and my dad was invited because he was working for the embassy. And I think he was, my dad was just, he just got this job. He was backpacking around, or actually he was hitchhiking around Eastern Europe and then ended up in Holland and then ended up landing a job at the embassy and that and he saw my mom on stage and like that's how they met. So you can see how they'd be the kind of people who'd support Angela in her passion for food. They saw her when she was a kid getting up early on weekend mornings to watch Julia Child, not cartoons. And I had these intense visuals of myself being a successful chef and, and having these visceral images of myself as a chef, an adult chef at 10. Cooking was like a big part of my family, and that was how we socialized. We made a lot of Filipino food together, and we would, if we were hanging out in the living room, there was always, always food on the stove, and that was us being social. Angela says her parents understood when she graduated from college and told them she wanted to move to New York and become a successful chef, even if it meant starting out as a lowly line cook. I knew that I had to find my own way knowing that this is what I want to do and that I feel this in my gut. In a lot of kids of immigrants, families, that whole trusting your gut thing, that is seen as American as opposed to going with the, the dutiful route or something like that. How did that work for you? Because, I mean, it, uh, again, it's a stereotype, but I'm Asian, can I make a stereotype? But they're not, <laughs> they're not quite known for, you know, reacting well to the whole gay thing. There are a lot of different things that I've done uh, following my gut, which is, American, I see what you're saying. You know, it was one, choosing a career that was me and this is what I wanted, to, knowing that this is what I wanted to do. Two, you know, discovering my sexuality in my own way. And regarding my sexuality, this is not something that I've been that open with them about. Angela's family's devout Catholic, and she hadn't met anyone who she felt they had to know. So she didn't make an issue of it but things changed as she got more successful. Angela remembers this moment when she was giving a demonstration at a Williams Sonoma, standing in front of an audience and thinking about how much she and her mom liked to come to the store together. I, I just kept thinking about my mom and how I was sharing a Filipino recipe and how I was demoing it at our favorite store when I was a kid. And Peter, the writer, and Danny, the owner of Mission Chinese, surprised me. Um, and while I was demoing on stage, kept prodding me to talk about who taught me that recipe or what my relationship is to that recipe. So I, I ended up talking about my mom. 
And then they asked, well, where is your mom? And I, I looked around and I was like, she's in San Jose where she lives. Um, and there was this dramatic pause from the audience where they all shifted their glare at the stairwell. My mom was standing there and we had, and then I was just floored. And so she was on, on stage with me and we were talking about adobo and talking about, <laughs> and it, I was just like shocked. And it was like this amazing moment in my life and in my career. Slowly, she started to feel more comfortable sharing her life with her family. That's how I, that I, I only came out to my parents. When was this? I guess in 2013. And so these, these things sort of came in tandem then where I was, I was getting a lot more confidence in my career. And then now I'm, I'm able to, you know, share more openly with who I am. And she's she's still learning about all this and and you know me exposing myself by identifying myself is something that you know we're still gonna have to talk about as we feel more comfortable and that's what's happening now like everyone else angela's life changed when donald trump became president the day after the inauguration she walked in the women's march and she and her friends worry about trump's goals to bar refugees defund planned parenthood and roll back the safeguards in place to ensure equal pay for women she was glad to have the visibility and the platform to send a message although that's not what she was planning when she posted her response to the ivanka trump.com writer i you know i that's not why i published it i published it because i wanted to stand in solidarity with my friends that I walked with at the Women's March or all, all my friends that I saw marching around the world. The devil's advocate question is, were they showing that they wanted to change by reaching out to you? And could you have helped them change by, I don't know, cooperating? Yeah, I definitely, that, that definitely, definitely crossed my mind before I even drafted anything. And I did consider it, but I just didn't think that I would be represented in the way that I'd be happy with. As it is, Angela's had to deal with a lot of backlash. People are calling her names, trolling her, and there's been a surge in people posting horrible reviews for Mission Chinese online. I knew that it, like, it's, this was going to be polarizing. I mean, Trump is our president for a reason, so there are people that back him. And even though his approval ratings have gone down, like that's just a part of the territory, and I'm okay with it especially since the haters have been balanced out by so many supporters. The response from Filipinos has been so sweet. You know, my relatives that, you know, we, we don't speak about this kind of thing, but them, the gesture of them reposting this or liking it, you know, I, I know that they support me. If there are some that don't, like, that'll come out, but I'm, I feel more prepared to deal with that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if this is what I want, but this is what I've, I've been really excited about is that these teenagers are, are really affected by me speaking out and me just talking about my individuality as something as inspirational to them to speak about. Like, I don't know, I got a handwritten letter from this 15-year-old based out of Alabama who wrote me this amazing, thoughtful, and very sweet two-page letter on binder paper about how inspired she was by my letter. And, you know, I'm thinking about where she's from and it could be oppressive. I have no idea how she related to me. She did mention that if she were to speak out in certain situations as a 15-year-old where she's from, you know, she might just be called bitchy. And, you know, I was, you know, the haters have been calling me a bitch a bunch, so, like, I knew what she was talking about. And finding out that I have a friend whose daughter, she told her mom that, I guess the teacher read it aloud in their class, 
that's what I kind of want to know about. Mostly I want to see what they have to say. And that's, that's what's going to be really interesting about this time, you know, in the next four years. And after that, like what this younger generation's wanting to speak out about as well. And I never, you know, I never thought that publishing this meant that they would want to know what I wanted to say. But I think what I see is that people are looking for ambassadors and appointing them. And I feel like in a way I've been appointed. Just one more thing I couldn't fit in that Angela told me. On the morning she woke up and realized her letter was going viral, she walked to the train to go to work like normal. I was kind of having my own little freak out, but in a good way. And I, I was just excited and I just couldn't believe like what was happening. But when I finally got to my stop for work at Mission Chinese, I noticed that I had a new follower and, and one of them was Ivanka Trump, which was really strange. And that's how I found out looking at who she follows on Instagram. And it's a lot of people that I follow, a lot of people that I find interesting. So people in fashion and design, people in the artist community or galleries that I like in New York. And so it was kind of strange to see, I don't know who actually manages her account, but seeing that we follow a lot of the same people was really odd to me. Because as a member of that community, Angela says she doesn't think Ivanka Trump or her family are doing what's best for it. I always want to know what you think. Find Otherhood on Facebook or tweet me at Rupa Shanoi. For producer Catherine Whalen and myself, thanks for listening. I'm Rupa Shanoi, and this has been Otherhood from PRI.